And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 295, aka year six, week 45, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC and KS. And since this is your regularly scheduled call-in show, uh, those numbers for you to dial 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. How are you guys doing? Have a good holiday. Give Uh, thanks. Praise Jesus. All that fun stuff. Stuffed. Just like the turkey. Yeah. Over eight. Twice. Nice. Were there restrictions? Like were, it, that you followed? Uh, yeah, we didn't have forty people. We only had uh, sixteen people. I don't. I don't even know what the restriction was here, but I do know that um, the the you know the local club has a uh, special Thanksgiving Day celebration, like potluck style of event. Uh, so even though we cooked at home, we just, I went down there just to like be a part of what would hopefully have been like a violation of the governor's orders of some kind. Uh, but I don't think it was because I don't really, again, I don't know what the number is. And it reminded me of the uh, Babylon B article. Uh, you know, li- libertarian wants to break the rules, but can't find 10 friends to hang out with them. <laughs> Something like that. Well, the thing is, uh, it's funny because some of this stuff may be logical to do, but not mandatory. It should be just, uh, you know, um, voluntary and up to personal responsibility i mean i can decide to stay away from other people if i feel that it's a risk to me or to them but to have it mandated i think the supreme court was absolutely right in their in their judgment that um the closure of churches for example was a a discriminatory discriminatory exercise of power that made no sense they for example uh essential workers were um, uh, acupuncture uh, places or restaurants or fitness centers, but uh, but churches not. I I it just or 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 you know that you know hundreds of people can gather at Costco or Walmart, but not at uh, a church. And I think that uh, these kinds of mandates are just exercises of power that just uh, fly in people's faces and make them lose respect as they should. For, for government mandates, but it seems to seems to give uh, government officials this sense of righteousness, you know, that they're they're doing thing they're doing the public good by ma- controlling people's lives, and that's always been the justification, I think, for the the socialist mentality. Not necessarily the the monarch of old, but uh, although I suppose even the monarch of old thought that uh, uh, public order was best expressed by his will and that's the same kind of stuff that's going around now do you think that having it mandated has a somewhat of an adverse effect on um getting things done because there is a group of us in the population that will go against the mandate even if going against the mandate isn't necessarily in our best interest just because it's anti-government and anti-state yeah yeah it's probably why some people smoke pot because it's forbidden, you know, the forbidden fruit. And uh, I, uh, yeah, you're 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 right. People are doing it in in uh, in rebellion. I experienced something when I was going through Checkpoint Charlie as a kid. 
I mean, I was in, I had graduated from high school and was touring Eastern Europe by my, on my own and went across uh, the, you know, the gate at, at, uh, in Berlin between West and East Berlin. I remember the rules were boldly stated by the Soviet Union. Don't carry any money out of the country and don't take any pictures behind the wall. So I wanted to carry, I put coins in my socks and I, nice. I took pictures from waist high behind the wall of nothing but a, a wall. And it was just a, a sense of rebellion. Well, I could do it. Of course, I was running some, I suppose, risk, but um, it was just defiance. And so I think you're right that people feeling a sense. And that's because we've experienced already liberty and it's re going backwards. That's why it's, it's really hard. People won't accept that something they've already had. I think if they've never had liberty, they will follow it, you know, the rules because they, they haven't. That's why I think that China's going to have a tough time going back to a more autocratic system because people have experienced a taste of liberty and they're going to be rebelling all over the place the more and more strict it gets, I hope. Yeah. In Hong Kong, for sure. I had a friend in Hong Kong just recently say, well, hey, we're not worried about what's going on in Western China because that's the, the Uyghurs, those are ethnic minorities. We're not worried about that kind of crackdown happening here. And I replied to him that I think, well, wait a minute. They're not just cracking down them because they're ethnic minorities. They're cracking down them because they fear rebellion. And Hong Kong is certainly a greater rebellion to fear because they know they're losing more. And uh, I would expect the same kind of crackdown re-education camps by the millions in Hong Kong in the near future, unless there's some, I mean, because that's, that's the direction of the tyranny that's increasing there in Hong Kong. Right. And you make an interesting point on a larger scale, but for us here with the COVID crackdowns, um, you know, it's already been pointed out that you can't have a lockdown round two, right? Like you've locked everyone down fine, but you can't let them go back out into the world and re-experience that freedom. And then a couple of weeks later, go like, okay, quarantine again, everyone back in the box, right? Because they That's go, right. no, we've already been in the box. It's, it's better out here. We're not going to risk it. And then you get even more rebellion uh, during the, the during the second stage quarantine lockdown house arrest whatever you want to call it because even less people are you know prone to do it and the internet is giving them a broader picture than the politicians I think are getting they're, they're for example they're seeing that a lot of places had the lockdown and it didn't work other places didn't have the lockdown and they seem to be doing okay I mean it's a real mixed bag of news but all this variety of news is causing people to be skeptical about what they're hearing as this is the truth that we're hearing from the government yeah and i i with just like other things when there's that much news circulating from all sides uh, i generally feel that people just cherry pick the ones that fit the the narrative they want or that they that's their true. preconceived notion they go all right no it's good see it worked in sweden so we shouldn't be locked down and then sweden cases spike and they're like well we're not going to talk about that anymore Right, that oh, yeah. is no longer the model that they go to. Everybody will will pick and choose. The thing that worries me the most is when the general public will be uh, turning each other in, and I haven't seen that at all. Oh, here. that is I mean, starting. Yeah, well, probably so. 
that worries me. I mean, if people become panicked about the, the disease, then they're likely to do that sort of thing, I suppose. But I haven't seen that here in Hawaii. Okay. You see it there in New Hampshire? Uh, not amongst the people that I hang out with, but I have I have a couple of headlines uh, that we can transition into if you'd like. Uh, you mentioned the the churches being locked down, so I have a headline for that. California megachurches rebrand as family-friendly strip clubs to protest states' COVID-19 restrictions. Um, and also, ha- <laughs> happy snitch giving, Americans are being urged to report families gathering for the holidays. So whether or not they actually do it, they they are being told to do it by their government. And you can be sure that there is a handful of people being told that will actually do it. Well, I'm very fortunate I have good friendly neighbors or neighbors that don't want to, you know, don't want to mix at all. But I imagine there are a lot of neighborhoods where, you know, neighbors have already been griping at each other for various reasons. You know, your your hedge clipper is coming in, your dog is uh, peeing in my yard. And if they've got a grudge already against them, that just gives them an extra tool yep. to, um, to punish their neighbors. But fortunately... I mean, I just live in a good neighborhood where I haven't experienced that. But yeah, this is a this is a potential tool. But I like that. Um, I think my brother's a uh, member of that church uh, in California. I don't know. There's probably several of them, but they're challenging the governor and saying, "Yeah, how is it that strip clubs are allowed to be open and we're not?" Okay. So the pastor says, "Well, I think maybe we ought to. I ought to do a strip." tease up here on the front stage here and then we'll all be authorized <laughs> yeah this, this article has a video but we'll get into that article and then we can comment and then we can jump back to the happy snitch givings if you want to uh two mega churches decided to open sunday services with some safe for work joke strip teases in a cheeky protest against california's closing down of churches due to the covid19 pandemic while letting strip clubs stay open uh, before the start of Sunday's sermon, the pastors uh, pastors at two churches opened with a short burlesque dance routines, taking off their jackets and even throwing their ties into the cheering audience. <laughs> Where, where's the location of that? Does it say? Is it uh, Oaks? I, I, let me, I didn't read that far into it, but if it doesn't come up, I'll see if I can find it. All right. Sorry. Uh, strip clubs, not churches, are exempt from the COVID uh, lockdowns and deemed essential by our governor, said senior pastor. <laughs> uh, here you go. Uh, Awaken Church, Jurgen Mathesius on Instagram. So we decided we are now Awaken Family Friendly Strip Club, he quipped. Uh, the pastor then rolled with a joke clarifying, we stripped the devil of his hold, power, and authority over people's lives. Uh, with God working in mysterious ways, a similar bit was performed by Pastor Rob McCoy at Godspeak Calvary Chapel. This is insane, McCoy later said, uh, of unequal rule sets uh, for churches and strip clubs in the state. Cannot America see the hypocrisy and the stupidity of all of this, he asked, calling the rules tyranny. Uh, the tongue-in-cheek strip teases at the Awaken and Godspeak Calvary Chapel came after the San Diego Superior Court, so I'm going to assume San Diego, November 6th decision, which allowed for strip clubs to reopen while churches remain closed. California Christians have been up in arms about the ban on in-person, up in arms with their 10-round mags, (laughs) (laughs) editorial uh, about the in-person church services for months. There is a desperate need for the church with the brokenness within our community, Senior Pastor Mathesius told Good Morning San Diego earlier this month. So there you go. Uh, end of the article. Two uh, I guess San Diego churches converting to strip clubs. So 
highlighting uh, to me, you know, the 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 workarounds that people will do to get around government mandates as best they can. Well, uh, the the governor also of California was uh, uh, was revealed to have gone to some kind of event of twenty people in violation of his own mandates, uh, yeah. and of course, this kind of hypocrisy. Well, for libertarians, this should be a a great way to to de, you know diminish the the power and and that that the governors have anywhere. Um, but it is. Um, I generally agree with that sentiment. Do you really think it works in practice? Uh, it's on the margins, you know. I mean, okay. there's some some uh, you know are would turn against them. Uh, but I mean, yeah, yeah, there's, there's always some, some out of millions of people, there's some on the margin who say, okay, that's it. And that's happening with, uh, a lot of the conservatives in churches in California. They, they finally, when they see such a, a blatant contradiction there that strip clubs are allowed and, and churches are not, then that finally puts them over the edge and say, okay, that's enough. Right. Uh, I, for, for me, the way this, there this reminds me of other things that come and go. Like right now we're in the middle of the, you know, government created, uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, but when it comes to like turning people away from the state, uh, I always, I, I, I used to refer to it as like a yeah, but right. Like everyone can see the state is bad in so many areas. Yeah. But that one little area that they like, Right. Means they're willing to accept the state as a whole. Right. So it's like it's the reverse of like single issue voters. Right. Like, well, on this on this one issue, we need the state and therefore uh, I won't turn away from it and and and, you know, move towards libertarianism or anarchism uh, because of it. Right. And so right now you might get a lot of people on your side. Uh, because there's a lot of people turning away from, you know, the COVID thing, right? And you go, well, look how bad the government handles COVID. You know, th- the government shouldn't be in charge of anything. And they'll, and the, you know, the, the typical one is, well, yeah, but what about the roads, right? We don't have to get into who will build the roads, but that's, that's the, the typical transition that they'll get. Yes, you're right about COVID. Yes, you're right about so many things that the government fails miserably at, uh, but the one thing that they do well, and that's questionable too, is is why we need to keep them around. So I always feel like, you know, when you're like, wow, this this should move people towards libertarianism or this should move people away from the state and more towards, you know, an, an anarchistic lifestyle, um, they will find a reason to stay loyal to the state. Well, yeah, I think that's because of a general fear of um, their fellow man and of life without Big Brother and um uh, i i suppose then or we, if people have less reason to fear and more examples in their lives of um why they don't need to fear then they they may be challenging the government maybe but you know the the old quote from uh, the you know v for vendetta the movie right is you know when when the people start to fear less and start to rebel against the state well, then the state just gives them a reason, right? Show them why they need us, right? They, they cause fear. They instill fear. They, they manufacture fear 
in some form or fashion to keep people always in that state of fear so that they're always looking for big brother and state support. And how do you break free from that? Well, at some time, at some point, their fear of government itself may outweigh their fears of other externals, you know, um, and again, it's on the margin. Depends on who you know. It, it happens at a different mo- point in time for each person, and we're looking at numbers, hoping to tip the scale in our favor. Yeah, I just see every further encroachment, and I just you know, like from from our perspective, right? Go like, well, clearly this is going to get worse, right? And then, but other people, I it's 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 hard going to convince them, right? I I think the the governor here. Um, issued some sort of, I think there was like a, yeah, we now have a mask mandate here. I think that's what it was. If, if, if this is the wrong example, this is as good an example. Um, we now have a mask mandate statewide here that when you're, you know, out and about, uh, if you, if you can't social distance, you have to wear a mask. Right. And so like, I'm, I'm in a private, uh, group chat, um, with some, some locals, uh, some movers around here. And one of them, I forget the, the way he phrased it, but he said, like, you know, is this is this uh, a standalone type of thing or is this like, you know, the skinny part of the wedge? Right. Like, are they are they trying to force this in so that they can get more stuff in? Uh, and my response to him was like, dude, this isn't even the skinny part of the wedge. Right. This is this is like more down the wedge. This is starting to be the fat part of the wedge. Right. This, the skinny part of the wedge was in the beginning when they said, like, two weeks quarantine, right? Just stay home for two weeks. That was the skinny part of the wedge for this particular, you know, pandemic situation. That, that was it. You know, we, if you, if you weren't paying attention there, I can see how you might think that, you know, we're now at the skinny part of the wedge trying to wedge more things in. Uh, but no, they, they started this a long time ago. This, this is the result of not, you know, throwing a bigger fit or putting up a fight uh, or resisting in some way eight months ago, right? Like if, 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 if more was done then to, to resist, um, even amongst community members here, there, there are some pro mask people here, which is bizarre. Um, I mean, you can be pro mask, but they're like, you know, pro mandated mask. Like yeah, you, you are making everybody unsafe by not, by going out and about and handling your business without the mask. I go, well, how are you even part of this community? Because it should never be mandated. It can be suggested. It can be recommended. It can be, you know, uh, the, at at the request of the private property owner. Uh, but you can't, you know, you you can't be here and say, and you you can't be here and say that it should be mandated. Like we must be compelled by force in some way to wear it. Like that doesn't jive with the you know the the values of the greater community, of which I find myself. So if you want to be pro mask, right? Just just like I said, you know, be be pro choice about it, right? How do you feel about COVID and the mask? Same like everything else. I'm pro choice, anti state, right? You do you, I'll do me, and the state shall not get involved. If you want to wear a mask, by all means, wear one. If I don't want to wear a mask, I won't. If me not wearing a mask, right, somehow infringes upon your liberties, uh, then it's your responsibility to stay away from me, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's how I, mean, I that's feel. That's why I, I think that uh, a restaurant or store that says those who enter must wear a mask, I think that's their property right to uh, to set the rules for their establishment. And that's, um, of course, uh, you know, 
I personally don't see any risk out on the public sidewalk outside in the air. Um, but I'm sure there are some who do. And that's where the government, uh, they, they, what their mandates often covers even outside on the sidewalk, right? Uh, the one here does now, right? For, for a while, for a while, cities uh, were doing it. So there was a couple of cities that had mask ordinances uh, for, you know, and some of them were like only in city buildings, right? Like if you have to go to the courthouse or the, you know, the city hall or whatever, that's, that's where they had the authority. Um, and, and a lot of it was unenforced, right? Like there was, there was a mandate, but it wasn't enforced. Um, and we talked about snitching. Uh, a lot of, a lot of the, uh, places that we would frequent, um, because they, they, they know us, um, did not require it, right? It like, no, you guys are good. Just, you know, come on in. But other people in the community were snitching on them, uh, because, you know, they saw us without our masks on right mm -hmm. in, inside the restaurant or inside the facility mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and so when, so when the city passed the ordinances, they put the onus on the, 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 the companies, the businesses, right? They said, well, if, if someone is caught in your establishment unmasked, you face the penalty, right? So they, they turned them into de facto, uh, enforcers of the law uh, or of the ordinance or of the mandate or whatever. And so again, in, you know, in this, in this private chat, um, again, I forget the entire conversation, but you know, someone said like, you know, what, what about, you know, the, the, the private property rights of the businesses? I go, well, if it's, in, if it's the actual business policy, right, then mm -hmm. fine. Um, but I, I don't really care if it, if it's the business acting on behalf of the state, like at that point, you know, that, that's, that's a, that's a line crossed to me where, all, all respect goes out the window, uh, because they're no longer act, acting as an autonomous, you know, private enterprise business. Um, they're acting as an agent to the state. And if you're going to act an uh, agency of the state, eh, you know, I don't really, yeah, I lose uh, a lot I, of I care. I see your point, but I don't, I don't, uh, judge them for being intimidated by the state i mean they pay taxes and that's because the the state intimidates them with uh you know penalties shut down arrest uh, fines all sorts of stuff so sure um i i, I don't and if they don't it, want that then they should be allying with us who would stand shoulder to shoulder with them in protest against that but they don't they line up against us and side with their you know their overlords their masters the state okay uh distinction between um uh, actions and words if they side with you with words that's good but while their actions remain uh legal um you know that's that's something i could i could accept but yeah i think you're right that it would be nice if they sided with, with the words i wonder if the words then draw the attention of the enforcers in other words are they fearful that that by speaking out and joining you in the in the rebellion verbally freedom of speech freedom of press, freedom of assembly, if they're worried that, oh, that'll draw their attention to me and they're going to send the health inspectors over and shut me down for, you know, any sort of violations. That sort of stuff happens a lot. Sure. I, know, I remember here in Hawaii there was a scandals because uh, people who put up uh, posters for the opponent to the governor, um, he sent health inspectors to their businesses, got them shut down for, you know, any manner of violations and sure. uh, or imagined or real 
And, uh, you know, so people get intimidated by that sort of thing. Understood. And when I hear that, I go like, okay, fine. We both know what's happening, right? Is that really the, the society you want to live in, right? Is that really the government you want to have is one where the, the intimidation occurs, it's out in the open and it's accepted because everyone lives in fear. I go, I don't want to be a part of that, right? I want to be with people who are willing to stand up to that intimidation, to take it on if need be, uh, and to prevent it from occurring in the future. Right? Yeah, we always uh, hold up as heroes people who did stand up in rebellion. You know, Rosa Parks is cheered on now and great memorials to her. At the time, how many people would have uh, would have said, ah, oh, come on, you know, it's just uh, just sitting in the back of the bus. What's the big deal? Yeah, but today, it, I mean, but it was very symbolic of an enormous change in mentality towards that. And I think you're right that the same kind of mentality um, should be respected today right. of the of the rebel and, and heroic change in action. And to sort of answer your question about words, right? So the the question came up in the group chat. You know, when I said I don't really care about businesses who are acting in agencies to the state as opposed to you know their their own private policies. So the question was asked, uh, how do you differentiate, right? And someone else chimed in, uh, you know, uh, and I agreed with, with her response. So I didn't bother, you know, typing out my own, but it's basically like, what was their policy beforehand, right? If they didn't have a mask, if they didn't have a mask requirement up a week ago and all of a sudden, um, the, the, you know, the orders come down from the, from his excellency, the governor, that places must have a mask. And now that place requires a mask. I would assume that it's, you know, that it's, it's not company policy, right? It may be company policy now established because of the governor's edicts, but it wasn't company policy a week ago. So they're now acting as an agency uh, in agency to the state. Whereas before there was a mandate, if the company required it for whatever reason, for the health and safety of their uh, employees and other customers, sure. Right. They, they did that unilaterally to the governor's demands. Uh, so you can, you can sort of make a distinction there. Uh, the other way to make a distinction is how is that mandate or uh, how is that mandate worded, right? When you go into the when you go into the restaurant or grocery store or establishment, if the sign says you know for the, for the health and safety of our customers, uh, we kindly require you to wear a mask while in our establishment, right? You can take that a certain way, whereas if you know if they're if they're you know sort of like one of us on the down low, uh, it says like you know per the governor's orders. We require you to wear a mask at all times, you know, and so on and so forth. Then you know that they they might be requiring it um, because of the governor's orders. There's also um, a local gun shop uh, around here that's, <laughs> they're hilarious on Facebook, on social media uh, for what they post. Um, but they they have a no mask policy and they don't care what the governor's orders is. They don't care what the rules are. They go, we're a gun shop. We're not selling firearms to people wearing masks. We have to be able to identify you at all times. So they, so on their door, right? Like the, the sign in front of their gun shop says, you know, like if you no, no masks allowed. Um, and if you voted for, <laughs> and if you voted for Joe Biden, please take your business elsewhere. Right? <laughs> They're very clear, right? If you, if you're, you know. I don't, which is a little weird because Trump's not like the best pro second amendment president ever, like quite the opposite, but they're very clear. Like if you voted for Joe Biden, like you were, you were their sworn enemy, um, and you cannot wear a mask in their establishment. So you, so you know, right. You, you there's ways of wording those things where you can differentiate, 
um, the, the reason behind it and then act accordingly. Right. Is, does that, you know, is, is that clear? Am I, am I communicating that? Yeah, sure. Sure. I mean, they, if they're willing to take the, the potential for lost customers, but of course they may be picking up additional customers. I mean, it could be a, just a good marketing ploy. They know that most of their customers are already um, pro Trump. So they're probably getting more enthusiasm from, from Trump anyway. Yeah. Then, you know, and at the same token, if they view you as a, you know, as a, as a Biden supporter, anti second amendment person, sworn enemy, um, they don't really want to be arming you either. Right. Like mm -hmm. the, those, those are the tools of defense and the, and the tools of the rebellion or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so to get, so to give those, so, so to provide those tools to people who would actively try to prevent you from exercising your liberties, uh, is antithetical to their, uh, ethics and beliefs. So of course not. Um, uh, but it's, it's right out there in the open and I'm sh it's, it's, it's a great time to be that kind of establishment just because of, you know, the, the increased demand, um, and the unfortunate lack of supply. Uh, for those for those particular tools, um, like gu gun sales have skyrocketed on the left and on the right throughout the throughout the pandemic. It's just you know that's all over the news. Um, ammo shortages all over the news. Lines outside the you know the gun shops here locally. Um, I've had you know friends report like oh yeah you know one friend who like checks it out every week just to see what's in stock. Um, on social media, right? Those shops are like okay, here's what we have in stock. Here's the limit on what you can buy, and yeah, we'll see you. Right. But there's there's no reason to discount. There's no reason to give deals. It's just, you know, they're they can't keep things in stock uh, at this point. So they can be more selective with whom they sell to because, you know, they've got hand uh, right now in a few in a, in a few months or a few years, depending on, you know, what what the Joe Biden administration actually does. Yeah, maybe that changes. Right. Maybe they're overstocked and, you know under demand and then all of a sudden there's you know discount firearms and discount ammos and you know free gun with every beer purchase or however the, you know that they used to do it back in the day i don't know but i'm just saying that there's a there's a way there's a way to tell who's uh, the way it's worded who's acting in agency to the state uh, who's acting you know in defiance of the state uh, and who's just you know kind of doing what they need to do to stay operational and if you want to stay operational, right, you can do so and then still cater to us as the audience, um, those who don't do not wish to be masked. Like I've got my full compliance mask. I've worn it in a number of different places. Um, so far, the Apple store is the only establishment um, where I was not allowed to wear my full compliance mask. Every other place, for, for one reason or another, um, does not stop, harass, question me in any way, shape or form. Um, I just wear my full compliance mask, go about my business and check out accordingly. So I'm complying with their, with their edicts. Um, uh, and you know, if, if you're not aware of my full compliance mask, talk to me about it later. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's an obvious protest mask in some respect. At least I think it's obvious. I think uh, they ought to make a movie out of you with your full compliance mask. <laughs> Call absolutely. it, uh, uh, Friday the thirteenth or something. <laughs> Friday the fourteenth. Fourteenth. Yeah. We know we we're not infringing on the copyright oh, of okay. <laughs> whatever. But yeah, and and everyone you know, everyone that I show the mask to, they go like, ah, oh, do I do I have to wear the stupid mask around here? Like this mask is bullshit thing. And I go, 
check this out, right? Like if, you, if you're going to, if it's, if it's bullshit and you know it, right, wear this thing because then it's, it's, it's obviously a protest. And the more people that I can convince to, you know, drop some coin uh, on the full compliance mask, right? The, the, the more of a protest it looks when we all go to the same establishment together, right? Like we're all blacked out, all wearing masks. Um, when, when the, when the mask order came down, um, statewide, you know, one of, uh, 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 uh very popular local activists around here. So like, I'm going to be open carrying everywhere. Like, you know, that's, that's, you know, if, if I got to wear a mask, I'm also, you know, I'm also wearing my sidearm. I gotta do it one better. Open carry a rifle. If you got to wear a mask, carry the rifle, right? That's legal. You can open carry a rifle. Just sling <laughs> it. So they know, right? It's an obvious protest. It's not, in, it's not, the, the intent is not to intimidate or harass or bully. Uh, quite the opposite. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's an indicator that you do not wish to be intimidated, harassed, or bullied. Last Sunday, uh, you know, because of this uh, order, there was like a p- protest out at the governor's house, right? Someone finally organized it and finally did it. They, they went out to the governor's residence uh, to protest, and there's going to be another one this coming Sunday, tomorrow. Um, I am not going to go uh, because I don't want to waste my time. But yeah, that's, that's what's coming. It's like, all right, if you know, you're, you're putting the hurt and you know, the people are like, well, what about the governor's neighbors and you know, whatever? And like, who cares? Right. If, if he's going to be taking, you know, the stand that he's authorized to do all this and to leave these mandates, then he needs to see the resistance, right? He needs to see the protest out in front, right? Not at the Capitol building, not at work when it's convenient for him, uh, but in his face at, you know, at all times. Just letting him know that uh, we will not comply. We will not stand for it. We will not, you know, you, you are not the boss of us, so to speak. All right. So we do this happy snitch givings. <laughs> okay, good. All right. Americans are being urged to report family gatherings for the holidays. Um, th- this came out, I think, right on Thanksgiving Day. But when it said the holidays, I figured, yeah, they're probably going to do this for Christmas and New Year's. And all that other fun stuff. Like, I don't think it's going away. Uh, the snitching, anyway. So, uh, but this might be like a highly Thanksgiving-centric article. So, whatever. Imagine you're sitting around the table with your family, inhaling the aroma as Grandpa begins to carve the turkey. And there's a knock at the door. Is it a late guest? A neighbor dropping by? No! It's a health official or the police there to quell your gathering because somebody snitched on you for making the decision to spend time with the people you love. It certainly sounds dystopian, doesn't it? Or like something from a country under enemy rule. But it is indeed the United States of America where government officials are urging people to rat out their neighbors for having more visitors on Thanksgiving than they see fit. Uh, we We already talked about the massive overreach of government telling people how they are or not allowed to celebrate Thanksgiving in their own homes. Now let's take it up a notch while watching our neighbors get turned into brown shirts for the greater good. Uh, lots of folks are willing to narc on their neighbors. So it may not be in your town, uh, KS, but it does happen. Don't fool yourself into thinking your neighbors wouldn't do such a thing. More than a third of the people who took part in their Rasmussen poll would rat out the folks next door in a heartbeat. Uh, Thanksgiving is just around the corner and this year promises to be enjoyable and festive day of narking out your beloved neighbors. According to a 2020 survey by Rasmussen, 36% of American patriots would be willing to call the cops 
on their neighbors if they notice an egregious violation of government-mandated social distancing rules. Uh, here are just a few examples from the headlines. This list is by no means comprehensive. Totalitarianism is spreading faster than the virus. In Michigan, the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services want to save lives by requesting gatherings be limited and relying on individuals to report non-compliance. The Michigan Department of Health and Human Services issued a new emergency order today that enacts a three-week pause targeting indoor social gatherings and other group activities in an effort to curb rapidly rising COVID-19 infection rates. Uh, under this order, indoor residential gatherings are limited to two households at any one time. However, MDHHS strongly urges families to pick a single other household to interact with over the next three weeks, consistent with new guidance released by the department. The order is aimed at limiting residential and non-residential gatherings where COVID-19 spreads rapidly. Uh, people should create social pods. I swear I could not make this up to determine with whom you can safely spend time. Uh, it's an infographic, but I'm going to read it anyway because it's it's interesting. Uh, so the COVID-19 safe social pods. What is a pod? A social pod is a core group of friends or family who agree to limit their in-person social activities to only each other and practice physical distancing with anyone outside the group. Being part of a pod allows members to continue seeing people outside their household while reducing the risk of spreading COVID-19. So do's. Here's the do list for pods. Do agree up front exactly who is in the pod. Keep your pod to under 10 people and no more than one other household. Do discuss how vulnerable to COVID uh, members of the pod are. Underlying medical conditions over 65, etc. Do agree on how all members of the pod will limit risks. For example, not seeing people outside the pod other than masked outdoors, not working or attending school in person. The whole pod takes on the risk of each member's exposure. Do pledge to be truthful with one another about activities. Do stay outdoors as much as possible, even within the pod. Do communicate immediately if anyone has symptoms or exposure to COVID-19. The entire pod needs to stop getting together immediately, and the person with COVID-19 symptoms should get tested immediately. Uh, don't. Don't socialize with other people outside your pod, except masked outdoors with at least six feet physical distance. Don't pod with more than 10 people or two households. Don't be a part of more than one pod or social circle. Don't include people in your pod who have recently engaged in risky behavior. Don't stop following essential public health guidelines, such as frequent hand washing, social distance, or wearing a mask. Don't permit members of a household to be in different pods. Don't engage in activities that has not been agreed upon with your pod, such as travel. And don't stay in a pod if others are engaging in unsafe behavior, uh, for example, going to large parties or gatherings. If you, back to the article, if you disobey and are busted having more than two households uh, together at a time, you could face misdemeanor charges, $1,000 fines, or even imprisonment. For violations, MDHHS set force rules instituting a civil fine up to $1,000. Violations may also be treated as a misdemeanor punishable by imprisonment for up to six months. Michigan's official website also provides information for individuals to report violators to the state. If MDHHS receives an allegation of a violation of the department's orders, the department will refer the matter to the local health department or law enforcement, uh, said Lynn Sutfin, 
uh, spokeswoman for MDHHS, as reported by the Michigan Capital Confidential. The first remediation method is to discuss the situation with the person responsible for the violation and attempt to resolve the situation without issuing a citation, uh, Sutphin told Michigan Capital Confidential. The local health department or MDHHS, as, as a referral from the Michigan State Police, may issue an administrative citation for violating the department's orders. The department hopes that residents will do the right thing and follow these orders to save lives and protect their families, friends, and communities from further spread of COVID-19. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, the Albuquerque PD is spread thin, but they'll still dispatch officers if a large gathering is reported. Because COVID-19 health concerns, the state public health order does not allow large gatherings. That includes Thanksgiving. Uh, K-O-A-T, I don't know what that is, asked how APD would handle if someone called to report neighbors having a large gathering. It would ultimately be dispatched, but it would be a lower priority than an emergency call with somebody being injured or a crime in progress, said APD Deputy Chief Mike Smathers. He said APD would make sure violators are aware of health concerns to hopefully just educate people. But if it came to it, we would have to enforce the public health order, Smathers said. He said if people are warned but continue to disregard the health order, they could face a $100 fine. So remember, it's cheaper to get busted in New Mexico than in Michigan. Uh, New York, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has said no more than 10 guests can be present in a household, but enforcement is up to the individual local authorities to enforce the mandate. Uh, Niagara County Sheriff Michael Filicetti said he's not going to send officers around to patrol for violators, but they'll investigate reports. Of course, as is the case with any law enforcement agency, the Niagara County Sheriff's Office would investigate a complaint if one were lodged and provided it had someone available to respond. Uh, when asked what deputies might do if someone called in on a neighbor and alleged they had more people in their home for dinner than Cuomo's executive order would allow, uh, Filicetti replied, if we respond to that type of complaint, we can certainly advise the homeowner of what the new protocol is. But as far as taking enforcement action, I just don't see that. Uh, Filicetti said none of his deputies will be directed to enter homes and count heads or order anyone away from the Thanksgiving table. Oh, how nice. Uh, Filicetti noted that this is in part because his department has yet to receive any enforcement guidelines from the state when it comes to gathering in private homes. Don't hold your breath of New York remaining mellow on enforcement. New York City wants to pay people to snitch on those who park illegally, and Mayor de Blasio has already tried to start a tip line for the social distance violators. So it's not a huge stretch of the imagination to believe that they also welcome Thanksgiving snitching. Uh, moving to Oregon, Governor Kate Brown of Oregon, Oregon hardly encouraged citizens to call the cops and rat out their neighbors who have more than six people gathered. Uh, days before Thanksgiving, Oregon Governor Kate Brown said that she believed residents who know their neighbors are violating the most recent round of COVID-19 protocols, which included capping the number of people allowed in your home at six, should call the police. This is no different than what happens if there is a party down the street and it's keeping everyone awake, Brown said in an interview Friday. What do neighbors do in that case? They call law enforcement because it's too noisy. This is just like that. It's a, like a violation of the noise ordinance. Oregon violators could face up to 30 days in jail and $1,250 in fines or both. Uh, University of Chicago. Reporting your fellow human has never been easier than, in, uh, than at, it is at the University of Chicago, where they've got a handy-dandy form you can fill out and snitch anonymously. 
uh, please make sure you call 123, the on-campus phone, or the phone number for the off-campus for accidents to ensure the appropriate emergency response personnel are notified. Involved individuals, supervisors, affected persons, or witnesses can submit reports. Anonymous reporting is available for events that do not require medical treatment. For more information, visit their FAQ page. Please use the form to report any concerns about COVID-19-related public health violations, including anonymously, if preferred, such as concerns about PPE usage, concerns about social distancing and density, concerns about cleaning and disinfection, concerns about individuals at work who should not be, or any other uh, COVID-19-related public health concern. Uh, Vermont. Just in case teaching university-age kids to snitch isn't indoctrinating our youth early enough, Vermont has upped the game. Vermont has prohibited all gatherings of more than one household, and Governor Phil Scott is urging schools to interrogate the kiddos when they return to school after the holidays. Uh, from Twitter, enough, enough of these dominoes put, it, put our healthcare facilities at risk. Protecting our families and friends in our hands, we all have a role to play. So I'm asking you to help uh, by avoiding getting together with people outside your households and not travel this week. Unfortunately, we know some will still get together and schools have asked for help. Uh, the Vermont Department of Education, I guess, will direct schools to ask students of parents if they are part of a multifamily gathering. And if the answer is yes, they'll need to go remote for 14 days or seven days and a test. Uh, according to Governor Scott's, there's absolutely no excuse to have an in-person Thanksgiving this year. Uh, we also advise business back to the Twitter. We also advise businesses to consider asking employees to quarantine if they don't adhere to gathering restrictions. This isn't a way around the ban or an excuse to get together. The more we adhere to the policy, the faster we'll lower the case counts and ease up on restrictions. Uh, at least one person in Vermont is grateful for the Stasi. I mean, Mao. I mean, government Scott for getting <laughs> children to snitch on their parents. She made her thoughts known with this fawning reply. Uh, this is her reply to the governor's tweet. Thank you. Many people seem to feel like they are an exception. If they are asked directly to take responsibility, maybe it will help them do the right thing. Officials hope people will tell the truth. Vermont Education Secretary Dan French told the Burlington Free Press that state officials hope that families will, will be honest in answering their questions about Thanksgiving plans. Schools operate on trust with their parents and their students, and we're hopeful this guidance will give them some additional tools to help everyone do the right thing and keep schools safe, French said. Uh, the outlet noted that the rules against household interaction interacting does not apply in the workplace or retail schools or in retail stores or in schools. Excuse me. Happy snitch givings. Uh, with all the mistrust already brewing in our nation, this will like throwing gasoline. This will be like throwing gasoline onto the fire. Is there encouragement to snitch on neighbors where you live? Uh, and uh, okay, so end of the article. Uh, so any any more thoughts? I know you said it wasn't happening around you, but can you see this happening uh, elsewhere? Well, yes, and um, two things. Uh, well, a couple of things thoughts come to mind. One is that. Um, the news headlines are likely to catch the worst of cases, and it could be that the vast bulk of society is sort of is going on normally without the headlines. You know, I mean, outside of what the headlines are doing, that's one thing. But another thing is that all these past things that we accepted, you know, the the noise violation, for example, um, you know, um, is used as a justification for further encroachments later on. Uh, yeah, I think that there's a good good reason to be fearful about this. And yet I don't I don't really panic about it because 
a hundred years ago, they were much, much more draconian than they are today. And, uh, uh, society was at that time, uh, fighting the stupid world war one, much more stupid. Well, actually we're still in wars going on right now. Sure. Um, but, but it, 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 we're not prohibited from, I mean, back in those days, you couldn't even talk against the government and its war. If you said things against, uh, against the war, you went to jail, the alien and sedition acts, uh, prosecuted for people for all kinds of stuff that we would never tolerate today. The, 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 the draft was pervasive for fighting the stupid war. And, uh, I mean, I, I think that, <clears throat> um, the nice thing about all this is that we've come a, become a great deal more accustomed to liberty over the years and to backslide is causing a great deal of rebellion and, and rejection of it because people say, well, no way. I mean, that should. should be a real part of the of the story here is that there is a lot of rebellion. Absolutely. Because why not? Right. What have you got? What have you got to lose at this point? Um, I think one of the difficulties with the rebellion is, like I said earlier, um, it seems it seems like it should happen a lot sooner, a lot quicker for a lot more people. Uh, but the vast majority of people have their favorite government program. Um and they'll defend the entire government in order to keep that one program. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, right. You, you, you can't rebel against the state and also ask for, you know, universal basic income or a single payer healthcare. Right. Cause then where are you going to get it from? So you deal with the lockdowns and we give you some bonuses. All right. Here's another article uh, with something that we've touched on earlier. Uh, I think you brought it up KS and where, you know, the, 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 the people, the, the people in power, Right, break their own rules. Uh, so from reason, <laughs> and that's such a good. I mean, you, you see that in the you know, when church leaders are preaching about morality, and then they go off and have uh, uh, their uh, their um, you know their trice and and things. You know, the hypocrisy is that you you would hope that it diminishes the respect that people have for a lot of these rulers uh, especially in government too yeah but i'm eager to hear your headline on this one. you would you would hope it would diminish uh pandemic rules are only for the little people <laughs> we're expected to suffer discomfort ec economic pain and emotional distress or else pay fines or serve jail time government officials meanwhile take offense when called out for violating the standards they created the defining moment in the rules for thee but not for me ethos of the ruling class during the covid19 pandemic may have come when neil ferguson uh, the epidemiologist behind Britain's lockdown policy met with his married girlfriend in defiance of the restrictions he promoted. Eager to threaten the common people with penalties if they failed to socially distance, uh, he saw no reason to inconvenience himself the same way. Although at least he conceded that uh, the propriety required him to resign his government post uh, when the trysts were discovered in May. He has peculiarly breached his own guidelines, and for an intelligent man, I find that very hard to believe, uh, marveled Sir Ian Duncan Smith, a prominent member of the ruling Conservative Party. It risks undermining the government's lockdown message. Ooh, that's the violation right there. Well, what was the violation? I mean, he, he met with, he had a tryst with this married woman, okay? Well, I mean, was that a violation of... <clears throat> um, of Britain's lockdown of policy? Rule? Yeah. The lockdown policy says you can't uh, meet any other person 
any well, other I, person? I don't know what Britain's lockdown policy said specifically, <clears throat> uh, but I'm sure it was stay in your house for as long as they say and don't Except go out. Except for essential business, huh? Well, and you, you can That's make pretty the, essential business yeah, to uh, me, it sounds like. If you want to make the case. <laughs> uh, well, how is it they, they have stores, though, right? Uh, you know, <clears throat> they have uh, retail stores that are open, and they have hundreds of people inside, right? I mean. Well, now, but again, this was back in May, so this was earlier on in that lockdown process. Oh, okay. So they, okay. they may have had essential stores open, uh, but not probably not to the extent because a lot of a lot of things are opening up, which is why we talked about you know the round two uh, of lockdowns, right? Like mm. we opened up and shit, it's spreading again. So what are we going to do? Lock it down, and they're going to get a lot of you know pushback for that. Um, but this was in May, so people still had a lot more fear. Um, I, again, I don't know what the the specific words of Britain's lockdown policy was, uh, but going out to meet uh, your married girlfriend. Um, while not social distancing or staying in your house during that early period, I can definitely see that as a violation of whatever they had. Uh, it risks undermining the government's lockdown message. Well, yes, but like all too many officials, Ferguson obviously never thought he'd be caught violating rules that he'd never intended to be applied to himself. As we've since learned, Ferguson's above the law attitude is common among those who feel entitled to write regulations and impose penalties on others for violating them. Uh, the attitude is obvious in Illinois. Uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker, whose wife and daughter visited properties in Florida and Wisconsin, even as he ordered state residents to stay at home except for essential, quote-unquote, activities. Uh, his quote, my official duties have nothing to do with my family. Uh, Pritzker huffed when a reporter called him out about his family's wanderings. So I'm not going to answer that question. It's inappropriate, and I find it reprehensible. Uh, reprehensible? might more accurately describe government officials who penalize the common folk for behavior in which they themselves indulge. Uh, the word could also, the word also could be applied to officials and hangers on who tried to leverage their positions for special advantage. That appears to be what motivated Mark Mallory, husband of Michigan governor Gretchen Whitmer, uh, in the lead up to Memorial day weekend after his wife eased some of the travels restrictions she had imposed on state residents, Mallory invoked his political connections and a failed effort to get his boat in the water ahead of everybody else. He jokingly asked if being married to me might move him up, Whitmer conceded after the offended marina owner described the incident, which he found less than humorous on social media. He regrets it, she said. I wish it wouldn't have happened. She, is, she did not clarify whether it was the power play or the marina owner's public complaint. <laughs> For Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney, the it moment was a hearty meal at a Maryland restaurant while indoor dining in his own city remained forbidden by his order. Uh, I know some are upset that I dined indoors at a restaurant in Maryland yesterday. Kennedy sniffed on Twitter in August. I felt the risk was low because the county I visited had fewer than 800 COVID-19 cases compared to over 33,000 cases in Philadelphia. Regardless, I understand the frustration. A few days later, Eater, Philadelphia, published a long but incomplete list of restaurants that had permanently closed their doors because of the COVID-19 lockdown. The former owners of those businesses undoubtedly had plenty of frustration to share with the mayor. It was clearly a setup, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi of Democratic California complained, <laughs> after salon owner released video footage of the powerful lawmaker maskless and getting her hair done in defiance of the rules in San Francisco. 
I a take sting? responsibility. Would we say a sting operation? <laughs> that, yeah, it could have. It could have been. Um, part of it was the, uh, if I remember correctly, of that case, the salon owner um, had the camera set up, but she rents out the chairs. So the the uh, hairstylist, hairdresser, whatever you want, I don't know what the politically correct term for those folks are. Uh, that actually worked on Nancy Pelosi was not the owner of the salon, but one of the people who uh, rents the chair from her. Uh-huh. So, so she said, "Hey, I I kind of want to open up today because guess who's coming in for a hairstyle?" And then the owner went, "All right, fuck it, we're turning on the cameras." And that's that's how that sting uh, fell into place. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's quote: "I take responsibility for falling for a setup by a neighborhood <laughs> salon I've gone to for many years." And we'll never go to again. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe it was a setup. The salon owner is an open critic of Pelosi and of pandemic restrictions. But a setup would be possible only because the owner could correctly assume the House Speaker wouldn't flinch at violating widely publicized restrictions. As we've seen time and time again, such hypocrisy is common. We're expected to suffer discomfort, economic pain, and emotional distress, or else pay fines or even serve jail time. Government officials, meanwhile, take offense when called out for violating the standards they create. The pandemic will eventually pass, but it will leave behind our memories of arrogant authorities who consider themselves above the concerns of the common people long after the virus is gone. Those memories should stay with us as a vaccine against future trust in agents of the state. Uh, End of that article. And I like that last line. Uh, it should serve, but you know, like I said earlier, <laughs> I'm I'm not convinced that it will. Your thoughts? No, good, good. I think your your observation is fine. <laughs> All right, um, we're right up against the wire. Then I don't know if it's worth getting into anything else. Uh, any final thoughts? And we'll just wrap this up a couple minutes early. Sounds good to me. That's a wrap then. All right, wrap it then. Uh, that'll do it for us. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, uh, on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, or t.me slash theanarchistexperience. And if you would like to contribute to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. Aloha.